Imagine taking your birthday, your anniversary, Independence Day, and putting it all together. What do you get? Find out in this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome to Inverse. We want to welcome all you guys who are watching in your homes, on your phones, and in your, maybe in your local churches. And you are with us every Sabbath, every week on Inverse. We're so happy that you decided to join us again. And we have my friends here, and we're talking about social justice. We're talking about uh, community service. We're talking about mercy. We're talking about a lot of themes we found find in the entire book of the Bible. So today, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 16, verse 16 through 18. Before we always do so, before we always read the Bible, we're going to have a word of prayer. So, uh, Sebastian, uh, welcome. Welcome, Sebastian. Thank you. Glad you're here with us. Likewise. Pray for us, asking for the Lord's blessing. Sure, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of life. Thank you for the privilege that we have to study your word. And, Father, we thank you for rest. And we pray that as we explore that, this episode, Lord, that we may rest better and that we may enter into your rest is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you. If you have your Bible, let's go to Exodus chapter 16, 16, verse 16 and through 18. And Callie, can you read it for us? Yes. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered, some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. Okay, Jonathan, give us this, uh, the context of the story. What's going on here? Well, uh, God had just called Moses and the people of Israel to come out of Egypt. We are in about the second month after that experience. They went through uh, the Red Sea that parted, and now they're in the wilderness. Uh, they are without any opportunity to, to grow corn and grow anything because uh, they're in the wilderness to eat food. And so they need food. And God recognizes that need, and He provides the miracle of manna. He rains this, this, this food from heaven down on them, and every morning... There was just enough for everyone uh, to have enough to eat. And so but, this is but, 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 but uh, on the sixth day, <laughs> yes. God would actually give a double portion mm-hmm. so that people can have enough um, for the Sabbath day so they don't have to go out on the Sabbath morning and get food. They will have enough on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Sebastian, just to catch you up, you know, we just want to welcome you. You're here with us episode one and two. And so oh, yes, you could be yes, in episode yes. three. I missed you guys, too. Uh, and <laughs> if you out there have missed, missed, missed episodes one and two, go back to our archives and you can watch episodes one and two. But we looked at the ground principles on, 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 on justice and mercy. Uh, episode 1, we looked at Genesis, namely Genesis 1. And in Episode 2, we looked at the Old Testament laws, namely Exodus through Deuteronomy, but really Exodus because we didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And now we are in this Exodus chapter 16, not in the Old Testament laws, but this one particular day, which is a birthday, an anniversary, it is a vacation, it is Independence Day, it is Freedom Day, mm-hmm. it is all these things together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can talk about the Sabbath but more than the Sabbath, the Sabbath teaches us how to interact with other people. 
uh, in the way that we interact on Sabbath. So Jonathan talked about you know verse six, uh, chapter sixteen on about manna. Braxton, what's what's going on in chapter sixteen in terms of how we relate to people? Well, I think the the first thing we notice is God allows a differentiation to happen, right? So as people are gathering, He says, "Look, you need to gather according to." Your tent, you need to gather according to your tent. And some people have greater need than others. Mm-hmm. And God caters to that differentiation of need. We shouldn't look, you know, unfavorably upon a person that has greater need and they're going out and gathering more and say, well, that guy's being greedy. Mm-hmm. Well, it says, no, if he needs to gather this one omer per person, mm-hmm. then he's going to get exactly what he needs. Mm-hmm. And if you just need three omers, then that's just what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think. We don't know what an omer is, but it is a certain portion. That, it's about, uh, according to my research, it's like equal to the weight of 43.2 eggs. Okay, so you did your research. <laughs> I did. Okay. Yes. Well, we'll make sure that we have Old Testament what? scholars to back you up Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you're on your own on that. Okay, you can enjoy your omer on that. <laughs> so, it, but you have to realize that it was supposed to sustain a person for an entire day, uh-huh. right, of eating. Uh-huh. So, but I, I see that with, with um, that interaction you have gathering the bread, and then with the Sabbath, you have them coming together for worship, that this work was not supposed to, and gathering the manna was not supposed to interfere Mm. with their spiritual time together. So you can be busy the first six days, but on the Sabbath, work was never going to take you away from visiting with your neighbor, Mm. praying together, seeking God together. And so I see that God, through this manna and provision experience, no one had to work for anyone else. There couldn't be any oppression to provide for your family. It was God directly providing for every single home. So these are cool principles about justice. So that God's equality mm-hmm. is not human equality. No. Yeah, it's not that everyone gets one, everyone gets two. It's yes. everyone gets their own portion. Need. Every woman gets their portion. Every child mm-hmm. gets their portion to their, according to their need. Mm-hmm. And there's no want. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, and that's really what justice. humanity yearns for. I've been in a position of no, no, mm-hmm. no physical want. I really like the point that you brought out there, and maybe you didn't intend to, but um, God provided them with a, f- a freedom of time. Mm-hmm. But providing enough on Friday, mm-hmm. they now have freedom uh, on, on Sabbath to spend time with each other and with God in, in worship. So um, mm-hmm. another principle just that it's mm-hmm. connected to justice, the, mm-hmm. the principles of freedom and the ability to, to connect with the Lord. I think that's just really beautiful. Yeah, we, we live in society where we want that extra vacation time. We right. want to be in a position where we have no wants. But what do we do with that extra time? Mm. We, we <laughs> soak in some, you know, mud for a while. We, yeah. we spend some extra money to hang out with people that we don't want to for a long time. And we try <laughs> yes. to impress people on social media with these vacations that were really tiring and being jet-lagged and red, red-eyed. But here, God's like, no, use that time to spend with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Kelly, what are some uh, principles we see in Exodus 16 there? Another principle I see of just him differentiating, it's not just among people, but among the days Mm. and how Sabbath really is special. And not just, um, you know, him providing a double portion, but normally if you left the manna overnight, it became disgusting, Mm -hmm. uh, according to verse 20. Mm -hmm. But when you did it on Friday night, it it was fine. And Mm -hmm. Sabbath, it could sustain you. And just the practical points that God puts into even just the basic provision of bread to be like, Mm -hmm. I want you to really understand how Sabbath is special. Mm -hmm. And this is just something I've, I've thought about in the Ten Commandments. You know, the rest of the Ten Commandments, you can, they're kind of, they kind of show up in other laws or they're like, people say like, yeah, don't kill people. Yeah, we get that. Or um, don't sleep with other people's wives. Yeah, we get that. But like the Sabbath, it doesn't come natural to us. 
And it is something that God has to instill in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. Mm. And we, we have that need for rest, but like, we don't know where to go. And God's like, mm. go here. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate how God doesn't just say like, yeah, rest and figure out what that means. But he instills it even his provision for us. It's and not a logical moral conclusion. It's, it's not. not something that some, some you know, tribe in the middle of nowhere are like, ah, oh, the, the seventh-day Sabbath. Day Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We must prepare for it. <laughs> Correct. It's not a f- uh, philosophical humanistic tendency. And I think that's why, like, you know, sometimes we we think that that means, like, well, the Sabbath isn't as important because Mm -hmm. other ones we kind of see more implications, Mm -hmm. but that makes it more important because that exemplifies our obedience for God more mm-hmm. because it doesn't appeal to us naturally. And in the last day context, it's a sign for exactly. God. Exactly. Okay, we're, we're, we're jumping gun here. So, so Sebastian, what did you You know, it was, it was also interesting for me that manna doesn't fall for anyone on Sabbath, mm-hmm. right? It didn't matter if you were rich, if you were powerful, if you mm-hmm. were Moses, or mm-hmm. you were the lowliest Israelite. And God's equality system not only was in his provision, but also in his expectations of obedience. True. And so you realize that God expected the same, provided the same, and then he provided in a way that no one had to have an excuse to violate the rest on the seventh day. Mm -hmm. So it goes to show us this principle that whenever I find myself in a bind, they're in the desert, right? They're wandering to the promised land. They haven't arrived. They can't farm the land as they normally might in order to provide for themselves. Mm -hmm. So that means that they needed God every single day to provide for them. But God never provided in a way that led them to disobey his law. So people say, well, I need a job. But if that job is going to be provided by God, it's never going to lead you to disobey what he expects of you morally. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge principle that comes out of God's equality, that his requirement is the same. His provision is the same. Mm -hmm. And that expectation puts everybody on the same level. Just because you're trading millions of dollars doesn't give you an excuse to violate the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Or just because I'm a lowly worker doesn't give me an excuse why I have to provide for my family. We're starving. I have another point that kind of goes off on what you've said here in verse uh, 12. Of, verse 12. Yeah, in the second, 16, 12. Yeah, the second part, actually. It says here, at twilight, God is speaking, at twilight, you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And he, so God makes the promise here. He will provide. We already heard he does he provides enough for each household. Each household has different needs. So there's, there is enough for everyone, but that doesn't mean that you get, you know, uh, tw- 10 omers and I get 10 omers. You might just need five, you know, and mm-hmm. I might need 20. And, but it is enough for everyone. So there is, a, there is uh, equality in the sense of that you will be, everyone will be filled, mm-hmm. okay? But it's that doesn't mean that you need yeah. the exact same amounts. Mm-hmm. And the promise is that, that by experiencing that fulfillment, physical fulfillment, you will know that he is the Lord and that will lead the people of Israel and hopefully us as well as we glean from this uh, to understand that God wants to fill you spiritually as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that is deeply rooted in the Sabbath as well because in the Sabbath, God is giving himself to us Mm -hmm. uh, in that space and time. It's just, uh, I I just thought it was profound too. That's beautiful. Yeah, physical leads to the spiritual and and God fulfills us and provides enough for everyone's needs, whether physical or spiritual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the actual Sabbath commandment found in Exodus chapter 20, Mm -hmm. verse 8 through 11. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Callie, when you get there, can you read that for us? Now, there are are two times where the old ten, ten Commandments are mentioned, and we're going to look at, we're going to compare those two here, but 8 through 11 of chapter 20 of Exodus. All right. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, 
you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Uh, Jonathan, mm-hmm. um, can you can you give some insights? Um, before we're going to get the, into the actual Sabbath commandment, okay. but there is a difference between Exodus twenty and I think the other one is Deuteronomy five. Five, five yeah, mm-hmm. five. Thank you. Um, what what is the difference? So why is it mentioned twice? Yeah. So uh, in Deuteronomy chapter five, this is forty years later. Okay, Moses is reiterating the law and making it clear to the people of Israel what God's requirements are. So in one sense, it's a reminder. Yeah, okay. here, here's the reminder of the Sabbath is rooted in creation, God being a creator and a sustainer of life. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the reason given for Sabbath observance is actually that they were slaves in Egypt and God saved them. So we have the element of redemption, salvation. Mm-hmm. So recognizing that God is my creator and recognizing that he's my savior, both connect in the Sabbath commandment. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, they don't go against each other, they, uh, they support each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful thing because salvation is really just recreation. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's no, th- those don't go against, they, they mm-hmm. come together in mm-hmm. the Sabbath. Yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to look at how the Sabbath commandment affects animals, affects people from all different walks of life. And so it's a very profound component of the Ten Commandments. So stay tuned. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Jonathan just shared the two uh, places where the Ten Commandments are mentioned in the Old Testament. And the preambles for both are a little bit different. One emphasizes the creation power, creative power of God, and the other, the redemptive power of God. And the cool thing is that we are God's twice over. Mm -hmm. God not only created us, He redeemed us. So He has a kind of a double... Um, claim. claim. That's that's exactly yes. the word I was looking for. Double oh, claim. On you're it. welcome. You're writing that down in your That'll journal. That'll be 999. So. <laughs> so we actually read the fourth commandment there, and there's some components in there that I just find to be very fascinating. Uh, I love when I go to um, many African American churches where on Sabbath morning they do recite the fourth commandment. Yes. I think it's a cool. Um, cool thing that they do, but it's kind of funny sometimes where they talk about all the different animals that have to keep the Sabbath and the manservant and the maidservant, and it's a list. Yes. And in some ways, it's kind of like, oh, you got to go through the list. But in other ways, God is really delineating the details mm. of this. Um, give us some insights on that. Sebastian, what's going on in, in, in that? Well, I think the first thing is God is um, addressing this component of his law mm. across all socioeconomic levels, mm-hmm. right? The fact that he as a creator gives us the example that I rested, therefore you should rest, and that rest that he enjoyed, he extended to everything under his command, mm. everything that was subservient to him. And so in each version, right, in Deuteronomy and in Exodus, God's the one who says, you do this because I left an example. Mm. In creation, I rested, you enter, and here in redemption, Remember, you were a slave, so give your servants rest as well um, and give them a day to be free. And I think that's just um, very profound that God has a commandment in his law 
that almost anticipated there would be a stratosphere, a socioeconomic status within society, even within his own people, Mm -hmm. but that eventually would embrace the world in which everyone's equal on this day. Mm -hmm. You may be different on Friday, but on this day, he's free, right? He's not your servant. That animal's not your beast of burden. You know, this is not your maidservant. She's free because there is a claim that God owned every single person at every single economic Well, world. I don't know if she's free. There, this isn't a jubilee thing going on. Well, every, not, she'll every, be back every, to work on Saturday. Sunday. But, but I, I think more that these are the individuals that need rest the most. Uh-huh. So you have servants, and they're working 24-7. You have cattle, which is a beast of burden. You have a stranger within your gates that has no home, that, that has no place of rest. Right. And so the commandment is it's, it's mandating justice for this, these special groups mm-hmm. of people. Also, just Callie and Jonathan. Also, you just can't push off your work to someone else. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not working, so I'll get my maidservant to do it, and I'm not mm-hmm. actually doing it. But it's like, no, even them, mm-hmm. the people who work for you all the time, even they need to rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's actually um, when Jesus was around he uh, with, within the Jewish society, the understanding they had lost sight of the understanding of the Sabbath commandment, the true meaning. Yes. They had they thought as long as we Jews don't work, it's fine. So they were okay with heathens to do the work for them on the Sabbath. Still are, still are. Um, yes. And this is not what God had intended. And the other thing that I want to bring out here is uh, we talked about it in episode one how God has given us dominion over the earth. We are the image of God. We have dominion, meaning we are to serve the world and everyone is um, underneath us has made a wrong word, but everyone, everyone who we are responsible to, which are the beasts and all, all of creation uh, and, and the people in our sphere of influence. And so God is just describing here everyone in our sphere of influence uh, we have, you know, stewardship responsibilities towards them as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the connection to creation is right there um, in many ways, uh, as, as we can see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's transition to Leviticus 25. And I think Leviticus 25 is where Sebastian is talking about. Mm. is the Jubilee. It's, it's not the seventh-day Sabbath, but you have the seventh year where servants do cease being servants. They are given ultimate freedom. And so mm. the principle of Sebastian is still stands, but I think it's just found in a different text. And so just kind of uh, just, uh, um, hey, hey. causing some calibration to occur here. So uh, Leviticus chapter 25, verses 1 through 7. And Sebastian, can you read that for us? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows of its own accord of your harvest you shall not reap, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is a year of rest for the land. And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for you, your male and female servants, your hired man and the stranger who dwells with you, for your livestock and the beasts that are in your land, all its produce shall be for food. Mm. And I just love these components mm-hmm. in, in, in the Pentateuch. They're just, they're built in, mm-hmm. not just to keep for keeping's sake, but they teach us how to interact with other human mm. beings. Mm-hmm. So Callie, what, oh, how do we find elements or where are the elements of mercy and justice in this teaching of the Jubilees here? 
Well, I think it shows us that, well, one, we don't really own anything or mm. anyone. And so even, this is talking about the land, but even of people going free later on of like they never belong to you and the mm -hmm. land isn't yours. The land is ultimately God's. Mm -hmm. The produce is ultimately God's. So ultimately there's a principle of stewardship going on here. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. so there's a stewardship. And as well as, I mean, I think of just like not working anyone or anything to death. Mm -hmm. of and just so giving... There's an element of mercy here. Yeah, there's mercy. <laughs> well, just because I think, especially in our in our current society, things are very workaholic-based and productivity-based, yeah. and I use you as much as, as efficiency I get out of you-based. Capitalism. Yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, there's justice and mercy to remember just that that, merc that merciful aspect yes. in just a very basic way. Yeah, yep. John? Yeah. Well, you have uh, uh, the year of Jubilee, which we didn't really read about, which follows here, yep. uh, verses 8 and, and, and so on. It talks about, it's almost like a reset. When God brought the people of Israel into the promised land, He, he, he gave them certain areas for each tribe. There was a, a distribution of the land. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it was very important in that society that you have you know, your portion of the promised land. Mm -hmm. And over time, because of different circumstances, you might lose some of that. Right. You might have a situation where you, where you don't, uh, you know, you have it. to sell it. You have yeah. to do, but in the 50th year, it was, there was a reset. And everyone went back to how it was supposed to be from the beginning on. Mm -hmm. and it's just a beautiful concept of that God will bring justice. He will make it right again. And um, that was in the, in, within the uh, society that God set up for, for the people of Israel. I think it's it's beautiful. Just, uh, it's just crazy revolutionary yeah. <laughs> to think about if you had debt, they're gone. I mean, that's, 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 that is mercy. <laughs> Imagine your student <laughs> debts just being mm. gone. I know, us. right? I mean, Beautiful. credit card debt gone. And that mercy Context, is, is, is tempered because, I mean, if that were to happen in, 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 in North America today, the day after, people would just apply for another credit card. Right? <laughs> and, and, and that. But then also, if you had slave status, yeah. They're, they're canceled. Mm -hmm. You're now a regular citizen. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's justice, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so even built into the law, you have these wonderful elements going on. I, I just, and I think it's also God puts a limit, right? Because that not only brings a certain joy and celebration to the individual entering into that freedom, but also for the person who is the creditor, who is the master. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there's a limitation of how long, right, before it could become transformational to your own character, right? It could be detrimental to who you are. It's like, well, I'm going to hold this slave until they die. I mean, the woman's 80 years old, and it's like, no, you're still not free. Mm -hmm. You're never going to pay this debt off. Mm -hmm. And I think God is against every form of oppression, mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, you brought it upon yourself. You took a debt you could not pay. Mm -hmm. um, and I also love from the previous text that we read about how it mimics the same personnel as the fourth commandment in the land and that this provision in your land is not just for you. Mm -hmm. So God built in justice in the blessings that he gives. It's like, well, I didn't give you abundance so you could, you know, mm -hmm. build bigger barns and, oh, I'm going to store this up. It's like, nope, this year, just leave it. Right. And whatever comes, yeah, you can eat it, but it's for you, your manservant and these other individuals. Because it's God constantly trying to teach us how to be like him. Yeah. How to be merciful as he is merciful. Mm. So, hey, let's transition to now Mark chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. And Jonathan, can you read that for us yes. when you get there? Mark, Mark chapter 2, 27 and 28. Bible says, And he, that's Jesus, said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. 
Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah, and this is, this is a very climactic verse. Mm. Uh, you see miracles happening in chapter 1, miracles happening in chapter 3, and right between, Jesus just, just happens to say, hey, I am the man of, of, of all this. <laughs> I, the man. So, so explain that. Let's tease that out. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath? We talked about the freedom and the justice and the mercy that Sabbath brings. Mm-hmm. We talked about the equality that Sabbath embodies. We looked at, you know, the, the redemption, the creation ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, bring, bring that all together, John. Well, there's, uh, if you read the Gospels, you will see that Jesus is um, often on purpose doing work or miracles, healings on the Sabbath. And he was doing this on purpose because uh, in that society, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, there was this idea that any work on the Sabbath, um, it doesn't matter what it is, mm-hmm. is wrong. And that is not quite true. Yes, mm-hmm. we should not be following the work that has to do with uh, providing for... Selfish gain. Yeah, selfish and gain. Or, and right. Promotion, yes. Um, but this is the work of redemption. We learn in Deuteronomy that Redemption is part of what makes Sabbath, Sabbath. Yes. So Jesus is healing. He's redeeming people. And he's doing this publicly so that the people can see the true beauty and meaning of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And here he was, um, here and in other places, the Pharisees and, and, and the, the scribes, they were saying, Jesus, you are breaking the Sabbath. You know, they, they had added all these other laws about the Sabbath. Yeah. And you are breaking all this and you are, you know, wicked and a blasphemer and all these things. And Jesus said, listen, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I, cre- <laughs> I instituted the Sabbath. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. You know, it's, it, it, I'm just going to jump on this uh-huh. comment. It, it, with each miracle that he's doing, mm-hmm. he's almost, you know, equalizing them and restoring their humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he's, it's not only a physical healing. He's showing them mercy, but yes. he's bringing them justice to That's their life. Right. He's right. redeeming them, creating like, all the things that we're talking about to every human being. And he's doing it as, as, kind of, as work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then here the Pharisees coming in like, you're working. Mm-hmm. But it could, could it be, could it be that some of us, as we keep the Sabbath, by keeping the Sabbath, we're actually not doing any mm. Sabbath keeping. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, isn't it true? I mean, we go to church sometimes and we, we lay activities. And by doing it, we're, we're keeping the Sabbath, but we may, may be violating it in that process. In principle. Sebastian. Yeah, and, and I love the, you know, what Jonathan's saying in, in going from what you're trying to draw from is that Jesus asserting the purpose of something. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminds me of, you know, some podcasts I listen to and um, there's this one that uh, someone recommended to me, How I Built This. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that person telling you why this is the color of the package. This is why we did this. They're saying that as the person who created it. Mm-hmm. So for Jesus to make a statement, the Sabbath was made for men, not men for the Sabbath. He's asserting that as if he's the author, mm-hmm. right? He's making the claim. I instituted it. <laughs> I'm the God that was talking and saying this is how you should treat those who need work the most. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you're drawing on that principle of we're keeping the Sabbath, as in we're trying to follow his commands, he says, well, Mm -hmm. I'm the author, and I'm telling you this is the purpose of what it's for. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we can just be content with our own assessment, Mm -hmm. not going back to what the author who says, I built this, and therefore this is what it's for, not for what you're using. Maybe you out there are a currently a Sabbath keeper, and you want to now take it to the next stage and embrace the Lord of the Sabbath and use the Sabbath day as a day to disseminate equality, justice, redemption, and recreation. Or maybe you're not a Sabbath keeper. Maybe you, this is the first time you're hearing about this concept and you want to follow the Lord of the Sabbath. We want to encourage you, let's take the Sabbath seriously as a gift from the Lord Jesus to embrace the seventh day in our hearts and our minds for His glory. That's our prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thanks for joining us. 
here on Inverse. See you next week. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.